LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Derek Hanna and welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centred ministry. Every week we have Al Stewart back. Welcome, Al. Hey, great to be back, Derek. And we don't have Scott Sanders again. No, Scott's still on holidays. I just want to know if his colleagues have noticed. But yeah. uh, anyway. It was just the fact that I had to record a podcast with him. That's the only reason I know he's yeah, not here. Yeah, yeah, he's swanning around. Oh, look, last week I know I said um, it was 83 podcasts. Since you'd invited me back, I was wrong. It was only 80 podcasts. So uh, thanks for having me back. So if you don't know, uh, Al is one of the founding directors of Geneva Push. And so one of the reasons we have had to have him back on is because my job was on the line. Uh, here at Geneva Push, so uh, no, that's nice that you've noticed, mate. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the one thing's brought to you by Geneva Push, uh, the Australian Church Being Network, and we are also proudly part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. And I'd encourage you to check out our new network page on iTunes and see all of the, the other quality Christian podcasts that are available there. But now you've pressed play on the second episode in the 80s with Al Stewart, episode 84 of The One Thing, and this week. After looking at toxic masculinity last week, we are looking at healthy masculinity. Al, uh, last week, good conversation around defining toxic masculinity and some of the ways in which uh, masculinity has been perceived and is portrayed. This week, we want to drill into what we should, when we're talking about masculinity, what a healthy definition of that is. How would you define that? Yeah, um, masculinity is not so much about how big you are or strong you are or tats or whatever. Um, Here's my my effort. Healthy masculinity is a willingness to take responsibility and use the power that you have to care for and nurture those around you. Can Can I read that again? A willingness to take responsibility and use the power that you have to care for and nurture those around you. For the man who's truly masculine, the people around him will feel safer because he's there. There you go. There's the So as I think about the truly strong men that I've known, when they're in a room or when they're with people, you, you feel safer because they're there. So why the word power there? That Be- seems cool. Uh, it's a good question. Because I think men have power, and they're meant to have power, in relationships. Generally, they're bigger and stronger than women, and certainly bigger and stronger than kids. And uh, if that power's abused, it can be scary. And so I, I grew up with a, a relative who was a big, strong man, not my father, a big, strong man who would hit the, hit the drink. And I remember as a little boy being very scared about that. And so it was misused, okay. Um, but if it's used properly, and especially with a Christian worldview, men are given power in, in marriage, for example, and as fathers, and they're meant to use that power in a self-sacrificial way to care for and nurture those around them. That's the mark of healthy masculinity, I think. Uh, where do you see that in the in the Bible? Where do you see that coming out? How have you come to that uh, point? Uh, yeah, in the Bible. Well, the Bible thinks relationally. So who am I? Well, I am uh, made in the image of God, then I am a son to my father, I am a husband to my wife, I am a father to my children, I am a mate to you know, my colleagues at Geneva Push, etc. And then the Bible will tell you how to behave in those relationships. Now, as I've looked, it's interesting that each time a, relation, a man is addressed in relationship, power is involved. So uh, I'll read you a few Bible verses. 1 Timothy 2.8 
Paul says, Therefore I want men everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. So you're not to fight. You're not to be angry. You've got that power. You've got fists and hands. No, use it in prayer. Um, or um, what does Jesus say? The Lord Jesus in Mark 7 gets stuck into the Pharisees. Why? Because they should honour their father and mother. They've got this power, in this case financial, to care for their parents. Now he tears strips off them because they won't do that. Uh, or younger men, well, 1 John, I write to you young men because you are strong. So young men have this physical strength. And it's interesting, pretty much every time young men, uh, the, the Greek word neanias, that young men are addressed, they're told to be self-controlled. Mm. Okay, So they have this physical strength and power. Uh, and then older men, it's interesting, as you get older, you don't have the, um, the physical strength or power. Um, but what do you have? Well, you have the power of example and wisdom. And uh, um, so uh, Titus 2.2, teach older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love and endurance. Why? Because you have so much power and, and younger men are told to submit to you and, and be humble. So you, you carry that power around. Um, perhaps the two most obvious ones are husbands. Well, a husband is the head of the wife, etc., and she's told by the Lord to submit to him. By the way, he is never, and I really emphasise it, he is never told to make her submit. But what's he to do? Well, he's to use that power that he has to love her and self-sacrificially care for her and the way that Jesus did the church. Mm. But the assumption is that he has a power in the relationship and he better use it the right way. And then fathers, or when your kids are little, you know, what's Ephesians 6, 4, fathers do not exasperate your children. Uh, because they'll choose your old folks home. but um, <laughs> no, So that's not what it says, but you better remember that. So in each of those, you've got, oh, and then even slaves and masters. If you're a master, you have power. And what's the warning that comes? In Ephesians 6, remember, you have a master in heaven. So you be very careful how you use that power as you treat your slaves mm. uh, like brothers. The, so you see what I mean? In each relationship, there's power. How you use that is really important. The, the way in which we will often perceive masculinity, though, isn't... So we would say, if we describe some men are more masculine than others, there seems to be a, a scale in our heads, at least, ah, as we see yes. it. Okay. So, so what I mean is masculinity is about how you use the power that you have. Uh, it's a little bit... The, the, at, at a societal level, masculinity is a bit of a circle, and that is, what's it mean to be masculine? Well, that's the way that men behave. And how are men to behave? Well, to be masculine. Uh, the the best explanation of that, uh, see, gen, uh, sorry, sex, male and female, is determined at conception. It's not assigned at birth. Anyway, I know that's politically incorrect, but it's scientifically correct. But the the um, the way that you the way that we perceive masculinity and femininity um, is on a continuum. So so male female is set by your basically by your reproductive organs and your, and your genes. Uh, but let me, let me, there's, a, there's a book by a guy called Alan Medinger, M-E-D-I-N-G-E-R, called um, Growth into Manhood. Interesting book. He talks about, for everybody, uh, their, their masculine and feminine traits or attributes are on a continuum. And he talks about we recognise some traits as masculine and and there's a continuum to the feminine trait. I'll give you an example. He says, for example, the masculine is that which is outer-directed. The feminine is that which is inner-directed. 
the masculine tends to look outside for what can I accomplish or conquer, etc. The feminine is more uh, inward looking and kind of um, maybe a little introspective. He'll say the masculine is about initiation and the feminine is about response. Um, look, before anyone starts tearing their hair out, wait till I'm, what I'm going to say in a minute or two. He'll say the masculine is about authority. Um, the feminine, the idea of taking charge and leading, the feminine's about power to hold things together. Okay. Um, now, he's saying generally in men, the masculine tends to predominate, and generally in women, the feminine attributes tend to predominate. But everybody is on a kind of a continuum on those things. So you have some men that will be further up you know, one end of the masculine uh, continuum and some men who won't be quite so far. That's, I, I think that makes sense in trying to make sense of the masculine-feminine thing. Mm. But in terms of the Bible, how are men to act? Well, in every case, whether you are, if you want to understand yourself, you're a son uh, or you're a friend, some of us will be fathers, some of us will be husbands, etc. The Bible talks about how you are to use the power that you have to care for and nurture those you're responsible for. And it's meant to be self-sacrificial. That's real masculinity is giving yourself sacrificially to love and to care for those you're responsible for. And that's healthy and costly. Let me push into that then. Real examples, oh, three boys, yeah. 13, 10, uh, 6. Yep. Shouldn't have to hesitate with that last one. He's definitely six. Uh, no, he's not. He's seven. That's terrible. Uh, okay. Well, we'll oh, edit that, boy, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 13, 10, and seven. Yep. Um, what are the things that you would want to be saying uh, and telling them as they grow up in a culture which is redefining masculinity in ways that are unhelpful? What do you want to be saying to them? I want to be saying to them, you don't need to be embarrassed about being a man and there's physiological differences. You know, you're going to end up with more testosterone. You're going to end up with different uh, needs to do, th like boys need to run around. There's physiological differences between boys and girls, etc. Mm. obviously. You shouldn't be embarrassed about that. But what I'd want them growing up with is to realise that real strength is not pushing your weight around. It's caring for those who don't have as much strength. So I, I think I've done an okay job with my son as he grew up. Uh, I would say to him, mate, God made us bigger and stronger than the girls so we can look after them and care for them, not ignore them or push them around. And that now, that's not saying that women are weak or women are lesser in any way, but you are bigger and stronger. And as a man, you do have power in those relationships. Mm. And God calls us to care for them. So it's that real strength as a man means you know you can be strong as a horse and certainly my son is now is at the gym all the time etc but that that strength ought to be used to care for people have your daughters when you've said that to your son i guess your daughters have probably heard you saying that to your son in some ways how have they perceived that have they have they interpreted as uh dad thinks we're weak or that we need him to look after us or no i don't think so i i think my daughters and it's true my <laughs> there, is, there, there is no way that my daughters are weak or wilting <laughs> girls the two of them are ocean swimmers the other one's a potshot lawyer they're they're very high achieving young women they appreciate being treated with respect so I open the doors for my Kathy, my wife, and uh, I'll let her sit before me, etc., and uh, let her walk in front of me on stairs and that sort of thing. It's not because she's weak, but it's just a way of treating her with respect. Mm. That's, so I, I think my girls are happy for that. 
and I see my, I'm about to have a third son-in-law, um, I see my sons-in-law treating my girls with respect, and that's good. Mm. So we're speaking about kids, wives, husbands, how does it play out? How do we need to think about power dynamics, loving, healthy masculinity in those contexts as well? Well, Ephesians 5 calls on a husband to lay down his life day by day to take the initiative to love and to care for his wife. And she's called on as a, as a fellow adult to willingly respond to that. I think that's what submission means. He's not told to make her submit. Uh, the Bible addresses her as an adult. It's between her and God. Uh, and as she submits, it's submitting to Jesus in a way and how she responds. Now, what that, how that plays out in each individual relationship uh, will be different. So in our relationship, Kathy's Chinese. She's got this Jedi thing with money. She just knows how to manage money. She's brilliant. I'm hopeless. She manages money. I tend to manage the social diary. Okay. Uh, she looks after admin and, and, and plans things. She's brilliant. Yeah, so you, you work out, um, what do I do? Oh, the swimming pool. She's the brains of the operation. She's the chemist. She does all that. I just pull the leaves out of the pool. Uh, I'm, the, I'm the pool boy. Got to work on the six pack, but you just you work out giftedness. Mm -hmm. So it's not strict. There's not strict role definition, Mm -hmm. but I am called on to deliberately take the initiative to love and care for her and act in her best interests. What do churches need to reconsider in this? I think we need to encourage men to do that to take the spiritual lead. It's very easy for a man to do what Adam did and not to be there, to not be present. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Now I'm not saying I get it right. But there's the, there's the bar. And when you see healthy masculinity, when you see a man step up and take the initiative and love and care for those around him, it's a great thing. And women love it, as far as I can tell. It's not saying women are weak. It's just saying treat them with respect. It's, it's, it's a man's job. Al, what's the one thing you want to leave us about healthy masculinity? Uh, healthy masculinity is about taking the initiative to use the power that you have to love and nurture those around you. Excellent. Well, look, that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, let me encourage you to check out the uh, first part of the last episode there with our last week on toxic masculinity. Uh, the One Thing is part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network, and it's a good chance to point you to one of our partner podcasts, the Army Ask Me Anything podcast with J.D. Greer and Matt Love. We had J.D. on quite a while ago. Go dig back through the library. Uh just very insightful, these guys. Uh, issues like what do you do if you find out about sexual abuse uh, within the church? Is faith a gift from God? All number of things. Uh, always got brilliant insight, JD uh, and Matt. So have a listen to that. If you like what you heard today on The One Thing, we'd appreciate if you take a moment to rate the show on iTunes, even leave a comment. That'd be excellent. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The One Thing. Coming up in our next episode, Scott will be back. He'll be back on deck. And uh, we'll be talking about mission planning with him. I'm Derek Kenner. Chat soon.